Well, hello and welcome to another episode. Veronica DiPolo here. This is going to be our last interview of the year. And I really wanted to bring you in on my entrepreneurial business, which I have for many years now with my business partners. It's all about event planning, association management. And I want to get you inside to understand a little bit better how associations are actually right now changing the world that we live in. So tuning now with my business partners, Javi and Cynthia. And we're missing Rob. Yeah. Okay. But here we go. Hey, I'm Veronica DiPolo, and with more than 15 years being a marketing strategist, you're going to experience the new way to promote your business with clear and unique messaging by giving you actionable marketing and messaging strategies that get you interested leads to transform the lives of your audiences so that you build up your brand with continuous momentum. Get ready because here's where we say no to outdated marketing strategies and society norms and we say yes to change from the inside out. Welcome to the Branding Momentum Podcast. Welcome, Javier and Cynthia. Oh my God, I'm so excited that you're both here with me. (laughs) So guys, oh For those of you that don't know, and I'm going to tell you very short and sweet, these are my business partners. And we're still missing another business partner, which I still don't know if we're going to do a podcast before them or after them. (laughs) But yes, these are my business partners. Javier, I've known since I was 15. And Cynthia, I know since she married Javi. (laughs) (laughs) She's a lucky one. Yes, she is very lucky. We are very lucky to have her in our lives, actually. So we're going to be talking about everything about events. And I want to start off with the first question, guys, and is how would you define the role and purpose of associations in today's society? Well, I'm going to jump to answer that one. I think uh, associations as... Jim Rohn says uh, once years ago, Jim Rohn is a um, uh, consultant that um, spent his life working with uh, associations. He says, associations are subtle and powerful at the same time. For us, that describes um, what associations do to society in general. And when we're talking about associations, we're not only talking about a formal body of members. Any association is very influential and it's subtle because you don't understand the influence that the social group power has, social pressure, I think it's called. But actually, the, the meaning of that is associating with the right people can, can get societies to move forward. I believe that associations somehow reflects what they... Um, human being is. I mean, we are social animals and we need to be associated in order to function, whether you accept it or not. So for me, association is, associations are at the very core of the development of growth um, and, and the, the true power moving the world resides in grouping yourself with people that are going to influence you in the right direction. That's, that's for me the power 
that associations have in in today's and in the past world. I I would uh, just add um, that I feel that associations is the the tool, the tool for human development, and I think that that you know covers all areas of human development. I agree. I think stronger together is what would I would call it. You know that that's a perfect logo to define what an association is. Whatever niche you are, whatever industry you are, the, you are better together when you are within an association of your peers. So, um, but. What kind of associations are we talking about? Because this can be governmental, this can be corporate, this can be, you know, what kind of associations are we talking about here? Well, in our case, I mean, we have spent a lifetime, as you know, because we know each other since many months ago. Mm -hmm. um, we, we got a lot of professional associations. In, uh, we work with professional associations. And, and, and when I said that associations are, powerful is because when you get people that is moved by the same interest, by the same um, search, okay, because some people don't have answers, they just get together in order to find it. Um, uh, in, in professional associations um, actually gather people from the same um, cluster can be um, spe specialties or it can be interests. But in our case, um, we work a lot with medical associations and also with corporate associations. So actually you, you can define that as confederations in some cases, but you have associations that have, uh, with a membership base composed by individuals or composed by companies. Um, by entities, right. Yeah. Yeah. Intergovernmental associations are a different animal, but it still is an association where states uh, gather together. For instance, the United Nations is an association by fact. I mean, mm -hmm. that, but it, it gathers countries within that membership base. But at the end of the day, it is an association. So when we say that they are powerful in general, is because they gather people with the same interests and this, or, or working in the same fields in order to find solutions, in order to find different models, actually um, attract people to gather in those groups or communities. Also, community can be an association, probably not as sure. formal as a professional organized association, but actually neighbors, citizens are grouping themselves up. And, and the fact that they are grouping around is, 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 is an association, even, even when you don't know it. That's true. Any thoughts, Cynthia, yourself, or we Let's move, move on? on. Uh, pretty much uh, the same. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so how would you say that, how do associations actually leverage events and conferences to benefit their members and achieve uh, their goals? Well, events is just one uh, one of the tools that association use to bring out the message and, and give uh, additional value to their members or their communities, uh, but can be many. Um, depends on, of course, the as as Javi mentioned before, depends on the objectives and the motos and what what are what what is the reason of uh, bringing together uh, people. But yes, event is just one of the tools. I, I usually use the. Um, 
I use the terms of being, you know, the picture, but we need to see the entire movie. Uh, the event is just a picture, something that is happening at, at a current moment. Um, but association have, you know, a life, a full cycle of uh, different activities that they need to bring it, uh, together uh, in order to bring value to their members or bring um, even results or, or trying to uh, get their goals uh, aligned so they can move forward in the same direction. I love yeah. that. It's, so it's like a sneak peek. So the event, I love that. I never heard you say that, that the event is actually like the speak sneak, speak, spoiler alert. Oh my God. <laughs> the sneak peek uh, trailer, I would say, what an association would bring into your life and what would give you, like, it's like the culmination of so many things that are happening, but it happens in just one moment, but there's so many things happening behind the scenes and so many things that are happening within that same association that you provide, right? Yeah, I want to add um, also an angle. Um, events are showcases of um, the association work. And actually the idea of getting, getting together your community uh, during a period of time in, to discuss and review uh, your success, your failures, whether you achieve or not your goals, where are you moving for uh, towards what? I mean, for me, events are not only three days. For me, events start developing from year to year or from two years to two years, because basically is the opportunity that the association have, uh, the associations have to showcase their, their mottos, their missions, their visions, their achievements, and their challenges. So it's vital that those yeah. events are aligned with the needs of your membership base. And that's the leverage of it. Because in those events, sometimes we have the tendency to think of an event in a very square. Um, I was going to uh, go there. I just want to tell yeah. something a little bit to our listeners that are maybe they're not probably understanding because my crowd is very into the service-based business but still i want to always like translate a little bit how technical this could be we're talking about these are conferences congresses these are major events that it takes years of planning we do world events we do uh, um latin american events we do of federation, association. So we do exhibitions. So most of these take a long time to actually plan out. And if you've been listening to me for all this time, you know that I always say that you have to reverse engineer your actions. So meaning we always begin with the end in mind when we're doing events, and then we go backwards. We go backwards, we go backwards to our actions. So Organizing is actually a part of marketing as well, because that is also the way that you actually can develop a strategy, develop a funnel, develop a email a sequence, develop so many things, how you want to showcase your services on social media. But so these, what we, what we actually try to leverage with these uh, events that we do is that we hold their hands from every single piece of what they're doing from the beginning until the end. We even are going even further to even help and bid 
our clients to big events and bring them to their own countries. So it's a lot more complicated than a party. Yeah. But also, but also whether a party can be meaningful. So what, what I'm trying yeah, to say is that if you're an association, a community, a group, and you don't actually talk to your membership base, to your members, to the, to your group, you're going to do it wrong. And, and that's the power of the associations as we're speaking, because those events should be aiming to present solutions for your membership base. So that networking that is going on in the hallways of a venue or in that party, right, should be meaningful. And, and by meaningful, I'm not talking about uh, a specific cause. I'm talking about fulfilling a need. So basically for me, the power of the association events are precisely in coming up with solutions or at least addressing a challenge during the event dates. So um, that's the power that I've been talking about throughout the interview, because it's, it's, it's very much influencing uh, your membership base in the right way, because everybody is, you know, realigning themselves. I think that <clears throat> when you have an event for an association, that is the moment that of course, you've been nurturing your audience, your your members throughout the year, right? And the event is like, say, the moment where you can actually provide them more value, more expertise, give them more updates, especially in the medical field is actually really interesting. So they can actually, they can also present their, their abstracts and their work. work. Their investigation. Yes, exactly. So it is so important. Sometimes people don't realize how important, maybe some associations don't realize that you need to be able to give back to those members that are there. You cannot have a simple association and believe that people are going to keep paying for you year after year, but you're not providing anything back to them because then they're not going to pay they're going to simply not be there. They're not going to show up to where you want them to be. So as associations, I think it's so important to bridge the gap of that noise or, or that silence, actually, that silence where they can communicate, like Javi said, more networking, more, more value, more, more into the future. So many things happen at the same time, uh, especially for association events. Mm -hmm. I mean, is the exchange of knowledge, which is kind of the obvious because is maybe in this case, we're talking about scientific events, but then there's also advocacy, there's investigation, there are alliances, there are also uh, new technology, new pharma out. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, you have the possibility to go close to one of the leader, uh, leader opinion, opinion leaders on your field for a specific case, for a specific patient. Uh, you need to make sure that we bring in the entire community, uh, other, other professionals that are linked to the health system, uh, even patients or even associations, even, even 
even families of patients that can also receive information and valuable information. And of course, the public sector gets a lot of information and and uh, we work uh, for public health uh, policies. A lot of advocacy is done also uh, within the events. So, of course, it's it's a major, major thing. We, of course, as, as you mentioned, um, we need to communicate this. We need to make sure that people know what is happening uh, within the events so they can actually um, give the right value keep engaged of course with the with the associations and also keep engaged with with the different uh events that we provide th- during the entire year or in in many many associations every two years you know they're a major major event innovation yeah. is also coming out of the association world and the association events because they are coming out as a search for solutions so is is endless endless of course and even these events are also uh the the place or the hub where you if you have more than one um associations that belongs to this big one is the perfect moment in that year to actually gather and decide on different things that you want to move forward with an association like most of Every time that we do an event, we're always saying like, oh, well, the committee is, uh, you know, meeting and things like that. And so they're going to vote if they're going to continue with us or they're not going to continue with us and things like that. So usually the event is very, very important. Coming back to that, of course, the event is also the opportunity for many international associations to get together, uh, to bring together their entire board. So many important decisions and strategic plannings are done within the same event. They're not directly Mm -hmm. activities within the program or let's say scientific program or within, you know, the the schedule that you're going to follow as an assistant. But even in in the event, you have board of directors, you have many opinion leaders that also um, a lot of policies and decisions are are, are being are being considered and are being um, are being taken to move forward and and to have a, a future and a sustainable society associations. It's true. It's very true. It's very complex, but it's, and that, it's and that is not that's not happening only in medical sectors. I mean, you you get that information and you you just apply it to whatever you want. I mean, for a neighbors gathering oh, for a community challenge, I mean, it's up to you. But but definitely um, having more than one mind working in a solution is going to come up with better results. You know, I mean, a lot of things can go wrong. But when you associate with the right people, it's going to be powerful. Just to reiterate what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. So what would be your top tips and tricks, if I would say, uh, when organizing events like success stories or mistakes to avoid? For those that are listening, that maybe you are into the events, maybe you're dabbling into that, or you've you are working or you are a colleague of ours. Who knows? Let's shoot. <laughs> you want to start, Tavi? Well, actually, for me, the, 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 I will say that, that, that the, the first advice that I can uh, get people, um, I mean, give to people is never assume 
anything, okay? Uh, one thing is in your mind, what, what other thing is that what is probably happening. So never so underestimate the power of checking your facts. Never assume anything. The other thing is communication. Communication is key. Whether it's a rough conversation that you may uh, have to um, have with your clients or with your stakeholders, you have to face it. I mean, communication is key. Um, everything that you plan has a cost, whether it's obvious or is a hidden cost, you need to find out the true value of every action, every item that you are considering to implement. And the obvious thing is planning. I mean, you need, you need to plan these things with time. You need to look at the different scenarios. You have to leave the event in your head before putting it on paper before even offering, whether you are organizing an event for yourself or you're a professional conference organizer, or you are, you, you know, some, somebody in your company come and says, you need to do this, you need to organize this and that. Start leaving the project before you even start planning it. You have to imagine yourself. And last but not least, have fun because it's so stressful that if you don't have fun when you are planning all these things together, when you, you are feeling miserable, then you're not gonna get the right output. You need to have fun, even when you are mad, even when you're angry, when you want to just grab your computer and want to throw it to a river or whatever, in our case, to the Panama Canal that is across the street. Um, if it, even if you want to draw, you, to kill your client, I mean, you have, you must have fun. Otherwise, it's not worth it. I mean, uh, you have to leave it. Don't, don't take it too seriously. I mean, laughing is health, is healing. Um, I know there are, there are times where you don't want, you don't want to look at people. You want to go and, and, hide yourself in a corner and start crying or kicking things around. You have to have fun. Otherwise, this is not for you. <laughs> well, I have, a, of course, I have tip of, uh, tips of my own. I, I believe that uh, maybe one of the first steps is building trust uh, with, uh, with the client, with your teammates, uh, with, uh, and, and with the entire um supplier chain uh because those are also the ones that are going to you know uh go uh to the bat to the battlefield with you so it's i believe that building trust is just something very 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 important and um as harry said do not assume anything just may and and, and be and be ready to also um assume that you can be wrong and that that you need to double check and triple check everything um, planning the event even with the better with the best tools and and having software and having an excellent team it can be can be rough and there's a you can of course you're going to make mistakes just be ready to to recognize those mistakes and be ready to uh, react and 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 make it better right away 
instead of you know staying and and, and blaming yourself uh, for for things that didn't go right. Just make sure that you're ready to recognize and 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 do better. Um, and then of course um, planning is is key. Tools there's a lot of tools out there that can be very very helpful. Um, in communication, always communicate, communicate, communicate to everybody. Um, I, I I remember reading the this article that we're in the fifth uh, career, more stressful career uh, after after the um, uh, army. How do you call those? You know, the entire forces. Um, military police and medical yeah. and then event planners so imagine that we are kind oh, of wow. the same group that in, in that in well we're firefighters <laughs> that is just uh is is alarming uh but still um is fun because one thing i can say is that there's never one day equals the other i mean it's always 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 different never. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. When I said to have fun, it's because definitely our job is not, um, you know, you don't you don't have to follow a routine as such because you face you face so many different characters. One day you are talking to a Nobel Prize, the other day you are just talking to a dreamer, right? And 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 then you you, you get stoned by that. You said, "Wow, I mean, this guy." is truly a dreamer. I mean, he thinks that he can do all that with that little money. And, uh, but on the other hand, you have that Nobel Prize that don't want to be called a doctor, for instance. He just wants to be called Jim. And, and, and that person is so humble and teaches you so much that you get also surprised. So we're going, we're going from surprise to surprise, even though we call ourselves event planners. I wanted to add my personal um, thoughts on things to avoid or maybe tips here because I did work in that field for many, many years and I'm still part of our company, of course, as an outside, I mean, as a board of directors. But I would say that listening to clients is very important. But I also believe that when you are in the service-based business, you need to have boundaries. You need to establish your boundaries from the start, from whoever it is, your client. Uh, boundaries are important. You need to be also um, detail-oriented in a way that I would not, I mean, mistakes are going to happen, point. Take it as it is. You can plan the hell as you want it. Something's going to happen. But you will learn from that mistake and you will not make that same mistake. Something else will come up. And it is what it is. It is. So um, when you are doing these events, whatever event it is, a small, big, medium size, it doesn't matter. Just breathe. Just breathe and not think about what could go wrong. If you are in a positive vibe from the start, you will project that into that event. But you need to have your strategies, your mindset in the right place. And sometimes you have to be um, a little cut and dry with clients. 
you have to tell them, you know what? This is not going to work. You cannot be sucking up to clients sometimes. Sometimes they need some reality checks. Because some, like Javi said, they're in la-la land. So is your job as a project manager, organization, company to always bring back that client to reality, to what is happening? And then my last tip, of course, of course, of course, is to promote that event like, like there's no tomorrow. Use yeah. any strategy and any tactic and anything that you may know to put those events out into the world. Because if you don't promote events, people won't know that there are the events. People won't know that they have to go to that event. And the moment that you, that you actually share it on social media, nurture your email database from those people that are going to be in that event, people will understand. But you have to provide value. You cannot simply promote events. That doesn't work anymore. That is the old marketing. That does not work at all. You cannot post things like, this is the day, this is the place, this is the... the. No. You have to build the momentum. You have to build the emotion. You have to build everything that you want to be doing for that event. You have to tap into people's conscience and heart and mind and make them feel that, oh my God, this is the event that I got to go. Right? That is my two cents. <laughs> be ready to give the extra mile. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you have to be all the time, I think. You have to educate clients. These clients sometimes come in and they don't know what they want. They don't know what they're, what they can do. So it's your job to teach them, to show them what is the right way to go to have what they want to have, which is every client that will tell you they want to make money, right? Sometimes it's not about money. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the goals they want to achieve in that particular project. And uh, this is coming out of a meeting that we had last last week uh, with a corporation, very important corporation. And you, you have the tendency to think that they are all about money when they are global and they are in telecommunication business. And the, the first thing they said is this event is all about the experience, the connection. We don't want to make money. Um, we don't want to lose money, but we don't want to make a profit. And, uh, and, and that's easier to, um, to focus because we have also the opposite. People that don't care about the content, they just want to make money. And that's not the solution for everything. So I totally agree with you. I mean, marketing uh, promotion is very, very important. And nowadays that you have many different ways of doing stuff, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it should be easier, but at the same time, it's more complicated. Um, yeah. A few a few days ago, I was I found I found myself in a supermarket alley trying to buy cereal. Right when I was a young boy, there were two types of cereal. That's it. Okay. Nowadays, in order to go in and shop for cereal, you need to go home like three or four times because you have like so many different brands, so many different types. And now, you know, what I'm bringing that analogy is because it's the same nowadays with marketing and with promotion. I mean, you, you, you need to learn how to listen to the people that knows how to do those stuff. And there is a, 
natural connection between promotion and audiences because otherwise you're not going to reach them. So if you want to get your message across, you need to listen to the experts. And I, I believe that I know a lady that know how to do stuff. <laughs> well, the thing is that you, you marketing is it's marketing, right? And promotion is promotion. Yeah. What you just have to tap into is the, what makes you as a organizer, as a business, as an association, what makes you different from everybody else? Yeah. You have to tap into that uniqueness as a business, as a person, as a personal brand, as a anything, right? So yeah. um, if you find that niche, that specialty, and you know that you your your experiences and your history and you you understand who your audience is, like your ideal client, uh, then you can actually speak to them and they will say like, oh, okay, if you're this and this and that, but you're not this, and they know I'm like, oh, that's me. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. They're talking directly to me. They're connecting to me. So that is what I, I would say. Yeah. But I want to say something before I get into the next question, which is a last question. But full disclosure, we are recording this in the month of May. Thank you. They are so busy. <laughs> They're so busy for the next coming months that we decided that we were, we were going to record this in May. And I hope I'm alive when this goes up. Yeah, well, too. actually, we all hope. We all hope so. Me too. I hope to survive. Yeah. And, and I want you to actually, we're doing this because they have these world event in Panama. So I wanted to create this podcast just also for that. I mean, obviously talking about associations and events, but I wanted to also give them a platform in here to talk about and tell us a little bit more and listen to what the event is all about. Oh my God, you're going to love it. What? Tell us a little bit more about the World Robotic Olympiad in Panama in 2023 and what it's all about, let, tell me, because I'm dying to know everything. Yeah, too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the World uh, Robot Olympiad is a, um, an annual event that goes around the globe. Is, uh, that was created by the World Robot Olympiad Association based in Singapore. Um, it's a truly global association. It has over 110 countries that are members of, of that uh, particular association and is directly linked to STEM education, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So the whole, the whole idea is to uh, promote and create momentum for the um, STEM education method. The STEM education method, what is aiming is to have children um, into lateral thinking, um, trying to um, teach them based on projects. So uh, from, from a very early age, we have kids from two years old on already being educated using the STEM uh, method. 
and uh, it, it aims at um, stre uh, creating strengths in uh, in soft skills. So not only not only the hard facts, but also um, the the way how to address uh, problems um, or challenges through collaboration and uh, in a project based um, education. Um, the, the fantastic story give me, behind Give it. me an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. We, we need to get to not talk technical. Give me the real talk about, uh, yeah, give me an example how it would look. Um, but actually, actually, um, the, 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 the World Robot Olympiad is a showcase of what STEM education can do. So you have um, national teams from over 90 countries, 110 countries, depending on the qualification. Um, they spend the whole year working on a, on a, on a topic. Um, so, I mean, the challenges, they call it, uh, they call it competition themes. Um, this year in Panama, everybody has to work around better connections. That's, that's a motto of the event. And what is aiming is to have better, safer, uh, logistics moving around. Panama is a is a service uh, based country. We are in the bot belly bottom of the Americas. We have a Panama Canal, so logistics is what we breathe day and night. So, with that in mind, the national organizer of Panama that's how they call themselves. The national associations are called national organizers. Um, they propose this topic. Though these topics have to be aligned with the um, um, objectives for uh, sustainable um, development that were, yeah. you know, that were created by the United Nations along with the Global Compact, as it, as it is called. And teams around the world need to, to go to regional, uh, regional competitions in order to present their projects, they have three or four categories. They have a category called future engineers. They have mm -hmm. another category called future innovators. They have um, a category called robotic missions or robo missions. And they have also a category called robotic sports or robo sports. Basically what they do is they have to create a robot that are going to follow instructions through coding. So the kids are being taught how to code, I mean, how to program those robots, how to assemble those robots, and how um, create um, these solutions when you, are, when you are competing, when you are competing in the future innovators um, uh -huh. category, you need to produce projects on how to create safer and better connections uh, to connect the world in general. So you need to come up with ideas. 130 teams are going to be competing in that particular um, wow. category. And on top of that, we have about 650, give or take, 650, 700 teams from all over the world that are going to compete in robotic missions, in robotic sports, and in future future engineers and the future engineer category because i mean the robot missions and the robot sports are pretty obvious um, yeah. we have competition tables that have a mat and that mat are going to have uh, they're going to have routes or they're going to have 
uh, obstacles depending on the categories and the robot needs to be programmed in order to sort all of that. But it's not with a remote control. Those robots are actually hard coded. Okay, so the teams spend the whole year working in their countries, in their in the robotic clubs, either in the school or in 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 a, in a you know extracurriculum uh, robotic club. They need to register themselves for the regional um, competitions where it is in your neighborhood, I your country. This. Then you need to qualify for the national Olympics of of the wow. robot national Olympics. And then if you win, then you end in the, in the, in the international event. I mean, the, in the World Robot Olympia International final, final that is happening in Panama. Okay. So it's so exciting because you have 130 kids that are going to be showcasing and presenting to judges their solutions to connect the world better. And they are actual, actual projects. Okay. That can, um, that need to be judged, and some of those are going to be incubated by somebody somewhere. And probably in three or four years' time, we're going to be consuming those end products with, without knowing what time? is all behind. So the, so the power of the Olympics is a showcase. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a motivation for the teams to come up and practice all that is being taught to them in the classroom, in the robotic labs, whatever. What is the beauty of this in Panama and the impact that it's having is that for the first time in this country and in the region, the public sector is introducing a law to um, create the robot, the STEM education curricula. So now in Panama, you don't need to attend a private school to have access to robotics you are already doing it in your public school. So oh, wow. for those for those of you that are listening to me in, in Europe or in Asia or something, for you guys, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because I mean, why is the difference between private education and uh, public education, right? In Latin America, there are a lot of differences. So for us, it's a big victory to be able that in this particular year, 52% of the participants in the whole Olympia uh, uh, qualification system in Panama are coming from public schools. And in order for you to understand, wow. in our countries, some schools don't have water, some schools don't have not even a, a roof, okay? Yeah. Some schools don't, don't even have power. And we have in Germany the last year, the, the Robot Olympiad in Germany, one of our teams in Panama were coming from a rural, very rural area made out of, of indigenous people. And, and three guys that barely spoke English finishing the top 10 Imagine. in future engineers. Oh so, wow. so what I'm trying to put together is that the events are showcases. I want, want to talk. talk. Yes. yes, I'm about to interrupt. So Thank you, Veronica. I can interrupt you because sorry, I understand sorry. because this this project <laughs> is so exciting. I see her like, putting her hands up. But yeah, I mean, of course, he's passionate because this this event is so so exciting, and there's so much things happening in order to have the Olympiad in Panama. I wanted to share with you that. Uh, we're, we're, we're expecting 5,000 competitors and, 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 and participants, but of course we are not, um, 
missing the, 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 the opportunity to bring the entire education system to come and see the Olympiad. So there's a lot of logistic plans come bringing in, um, trying to have uh, visitors from all over the schools in Panama to come and see the Olympiad. But at the same time, we are working together with the organizers to make sure that they promote and give the tools to national organizers through the entire region of Latin America so they can actually compete and bring in their teams. And oh. the other thing that is happening is that they are providing training for those teachers that have to you know, put together the robotics club the, the, in class and in their schools. And they're also training the judges to come up to the standards and understand the rules and all the terms and conditions about the international competition so we can be ready for the, uh, for the uh, World uh, Robotic Olympiad in November. So it's so overwhelming everything that is happening and um for us of course is a major major um opportunity to just be part of this 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 project is is so exciting and 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 we're giving it you know everything we can because we're being plan we've been part of the strategic planning we're being part of the budgeting we're being logistic logistics and and and, yeah. and seeing it happening finally it's not you know just what we thought it was a dream but it's actually happening and it will happen in november uh, hopefully we survive <laughs> I love the things that some of the things that we actually do and now many people know is that we end up talking as if we are experts in robotics. We end up talking as if we're experts yeah, in, in, in cardiology or nephrology because we get so into the associations, the events that we actually organize that we feel yeah, like we're ambassadors of, of each project. Completely, completely. Yeah. yeah, we live and breathe yeah. those events yeah, from and, the and first also, moment until the last day we better, say bye. <laughs> it, 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 the, other, the other thing that I want to add is that we are impacting about, um, I, I, I can't remember the exact name, but the whole education system in Panama. Mm -hmm. because, because one of the beauties of this project is that they have created this uh, public-private alliance um public public sector actually the ambassador of goodwill for stem education in the americas is the first lady of panama um, and she's been devoted to this event without without being a, a governmental event because this is this is all you know brought to the table by a father that actually had two brilliant kids that were so into robotics that they won the National Olympic line eight, nine years ago. And when they went competing in Russia, uh, they were, you know, saying that they were last is, is a, bit, a, a bit of a compliment. And they felt so frustrated knowing that they don't have the tools to develop those skills, not even to win anything the motivation was to have a better education. And one of those kids is, is now with a full scholarship in Stanford, in, in, in California, um, studying um, electronic engineering. And he has already 
do internships in Google and, and you know, in Microsoft, so on and on. And everything is done because he learned how to think at a early age, at a very early age. So for me, that's the key, the impact that is created. And with that in mind, we as organizers create a satellite forum, taking advantage of what is happening because you're bringing a lot of brilliant minds. You, you, you know, you, th there are countries that for them, this is natural. Okay. What, what are you talking about? The, the future, the future is here now, but for us is a big thing for others is not. For, for other countries, we are way years ahead. So we want to level the whole thing and we created a forum that is going to be a free access to people, to educators, to enthusiasts, to learn from those minds how to implement a STEM education program. The beauty of this, Vero, and it's very touching, is that you go to very, um, uh, to areas of very low income and you find a public school very modest, very humble school with a robotic program. And the kids are playing around with the, with the, with the robots that they have created from donations or whatever. That. At a very early age, two years old on. So for me, that's the key. And for us as event organizers, that we talk about meaningful, purposeful, purposeful events or events with purpose, this is what we talk about. This is the real deal when there is no money that is going to pay for that satisfaction. I'm sure of that. So for me, that's, that's the icing. When is the, the event? Can we have the date of the event? It's going to be November from the 9th, from the 7th to 9th of November, 2023 in Panama City. The Panama Convention Center is going to be the venue. And uh, we're, as Javi mentioned, we're aiming for... Uh, 100 in how many countries? 100 in, 110 countries 110. and um, 5,000 participants, more than 100 assistants from from the Panama education system and the region, if, if, if yeah. so, because we're working also on that. Yeah. Um, 100,000. 100,000, yes, I'm sorry. And as many other events, and as, we, and as we said earlier, a lot of things are going to happen there. Not just the competition, and not only even not not just the showcase mm -hmm. of the, of the competition, but a lot of policies, uh, decision decision makers, countries um, are going to be uh, involved. And uh, definitely, we're going to it's going to be a you know a before and after. Um, mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, I'm, I'm now even rethinking of the date of the launch of this podcast because maybe I should launch it in October so that you can put it out and people get to know about this event. Because if I put it in November, then it's going to be over. Right? Yeah. So, and I want you to please put stuff outside about what's going on because this is so interesting. Well, I mean, we've never had an event like that that we've organized. No. So this is to me is mind blowing the whole oh the whole concept of this um new world that we're discovering as event planners you know, you know? Better, <laughs> like um, who knew I remember all of this watching the um the olympiadas the olympics you know the sports olympics and i remember saying to my to my older daughter saying you know that as an event organizer you know you're you're, you're dreaming of doing something like that 
Well, I think this is pretty close. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of more work to that, but you know, it's it baby steps, and this is definitely a huge step for that. Being part of this, I, I have my own version of the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to say something right now. And it's sorry, guys, if you're listening, but this is something that I've always wanted to do. And now that I have Javi here, I would like him to do something that he doesn't know that I'm asking. And uh, and you may not understand what is going to happen, but I will translate. <laughs> Javi, we're in a place here. I would love for you to do that. Lo mejor de los 60, 70, y 80. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't know that, that I wanted to be a, a, a commentator. Let me explain. This is something that we used to do in the office with the phones. And we were working late, of course. And he would grab the phone. Imagine this, the, um, an old kind of phone. And he would go like this as if he, he was on the radio, like listening to a radio station. So I want to give you the opportunity here <laughs> To say what we always say, because you just said it a few minutes ago. Con lo mejor de los 60, 70 y 80, éxitos, Hitsian, Radio Congress Americas, broadcasting live from Panama City, Panama, and the Panama Canal. Que sopa, loco. I love it. We had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I mean, <laughs> this needs to be for the ages. <laughs> we're we're, we're so thrilled to be here, Vero. Thank you for the opportunity. I think uh, this is this is a fantastic uh, way to express how much fun we have, uh, even exactly. in the hard times. So uh, mm -hmm. if you are doubtful of what to do with your life, Start organizing events. <laughs> no. If you know right in the head, like my Scots friends used to say. <laughs> They're breaking Thank you your for office. this amazing opportunity. And uh, we are just very um, grateful about the entire experience. I know this is uh, also very important for you. So thank you for making us being part of that. Oh, uh, to me is the people that I love and that I value and that I know that can give so much to other people that maybe they don't know where they are or what they don't know. I only want to bring people that I feel comfortable talking to. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people <laughs> pitch to be on my podcast and I'm saying like, no, sorry, not yet. I'm not there yet. I still want to explore and bring people that I know that I work with as well and that have good hearts and that they put all their love and passion into what they do into a service yeah. because I'm all about serving. We are all about serving. We learn We're, from the we best. Serve. We learn from the best. And, and I'm going to do something that was not scripted. Okay. But this young lady here has a fantastic mother that had brought us all into this path. Uh, Diana Feo Corado de Tamayo, I cannot thank Wait, you enough. He had to put all the last names. I cannot thank you enough for teaching me a lot of things without knowing that you were teaching me. Okay. 
part of a, well, a lot of what I'm doing today is due to that visionary woman. Um, I have to say that next year, it's going to be 50 years of that fantastic ide idea that she had. Shut up. Why are you saying 74. that? I am born with the company. Yes. Hello. Yes. So, so thank you so very much to get me in the right path. I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that was impacted by uh, her good deeds and her goodwill without knowing that she was part of your success. So thank you, Diana. And thank you, Vero, because <laughs> you're not my partner. You're my, my sister from, yeah, from, from life. And, and, yeah. and, and there are a lot of people out there that has so much potential, guys. And we are not actually doing much for them. Um, according to UNICEF, about 4.3 million children uh, are migrating along the America's continent without being, without being a, a, um, a choice. It's, it's forced immigration. And those 4.3, I think it is, million um, children are in precarious ways. I mean, they, they have no means for living. They are in, in, in extreme poverty. And if you put it into context, that's the size of a, of a Central American country. I mean, Panama has 4.5, 4.7 million. Our children are in danger. And immigration, forced immigration is not always a threat. It is also an opportunity. We have a lot of people, over 7.2 million people, actually it's 11 million people are roaming around the American continent without having a war in the side of the, of the, of the world. There is not a war here and over 11 million people are roaming around and they are not all bad people. I myself am an immigrant. I am an immigrant. And I'm, I don't consider myself bad people. So this is my crusade. Every time that I'm invited to speak anywhere, I have to talk about the people that is not so lucky as me. The people that didn't have a Diana Feo Corao in their lives, or they don't have a Veronica, or they don't have any other people that can influence them correctly. So thank you very much, Vero. Thank you very much to your mom as well. And, um, and let's do something for... Uh, making this world better. Uh, more action, less talk. <laughs> I like that. More action, less talk. Well, guys, thank you very much for coming and for joining us. And I hope to see you same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>